We may never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 38, the show that demands to see the HR manager of the gaming industry in general, because they might be doing a crappy job. It's true. Each episode, we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft 1 or 2 or many topics at a time. My name is Allie, the one that comes up with random nicknames for Pokemon, because I can't remember what most of the names are, actually. And evolutions and stuff. And I'm joined by the one who likes to use heavy balls and is much more versed in Pokemon than me. It's Jin. <laughs> it's true. Well, I mean, I like the Ultra Balls, really. Those are the, those are the good ones. Mm, ultra Balls are yep. the good ones. Yeah, you, 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 I mean, come on. I mean, Ultra Balls, throw them. That's what you need to do. That's that's the ones. Mm-hmm. We've all seen that meme, right? Right? Okay. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> You were just really excited when you got heavy balls, and it was funny. It was fantastic, yeah. I was super excited for that. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to, dear Jen, with your, your Pokemon streaming and whatnot? I don't know. I was just goofing off with Pokemon and having a good old time with, you know, work and other things and waiting for 9-2 news, which we still don't really have much more of. Don't have a release date, any of that. So, you know, here we are. Maybe, maybe maybe by the time this episode releases, we'll have that, but we'll see. Oh, but I mean, I was, I, I thought it was funny that we got the, we got that little announcement. Did you see? See that little announcement where they're like, hey, everybody, Horded Alliance, we can play together now. And 9.245. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, that actually gives me a hope that 925 might have some other things. Like, because something like cross-faction playing, I expected next expansion. Like, as an expansion feature. And expect it in a 0.5 patch. So it makes me wonder what other quality of life or Shadowland scenarios, please, K thinks, um, that they might be adding to 925. Oh, they're, they're adding the Emerald Dream. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. It'll make you happy, so sure. I, I mean, it would make it so I was right. <laughs> that's, the, that's it. <laughs> Honestly, that would be really cool, but I'm still hoping for Shadowland scenarios. And we need Brawler's Guild back, too. So okay, okay. We're we going to split the difference. Things. There's going to be a Shadowland scenario where you go to the Emerald Dream. How about that? Okay. Okay. I like go. that. Yep. There we go. That works. Brought to you by Live, Laugh, Lore. You heard it here first. And now return you to the regularly scheduled program. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> no, it works. Let's go. Let's go with it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> this message is about you by Live Laugh Lore. <laughs> Part of this balance breakfast. It needs to be a bumper or something. Mm, yes. <laughs> <Should be. laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, the only thing I could say that's really interesting about what I've been doing is I've been playing Pokemon. Yeah. The, the new Pokemon with the freaking uh, Pokemon Legends, the Arts. Yes. Whatever that Pokemon's name is. <laughs> It's one of those legendary ones that are hard to say. Like Dialga and other ones like that. Suicune, right? It's like, pfft, you were asking the wrong. So my husband and I play Pokemon Unite mm-hmm. and it's actually, it's actually a lot of fun. I'm actually really enjoying it. But again, I, I mean, I know some of those Pokemon, 
I know some of them in their base level, not their evolutions. And I know what some of them look like. Because Dragonite, for example, Dragonite, 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 whatever that one is, when it first comes out, it's a little sneaky. So I just call mm-hmm. him Little Sneaky Dragon the, the whole game. Yeah, 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 Little Sneaky Dragon. Yeah, a- a- Abra, no, Abra. Abra, Electra, yes, that's, that's, that's I call small. I call, him, I, call him, I call him Electra Dude. Like, it's, Electra, you know, no, I just, no, no, that's a different Pokemon. No, no. That's a different Pokemon. Yeah, there's yeah. there's one who's it's all electricity. Yeah, it's, yeah, not, it's, a, not Abra, it's Electra it's, Buzz. That's Electra Buzz, yeah. But he looks different in Pokemon Unite than what I'm used to. Maybe it's uh, evolved. But, yeah, well, there's Electra Buzz, but there's also like elect, Electro, Electrocute or some crap like that. A bunch of small versions, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and then I love there's Owl Face. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is me. So my, my husband actually made like a Reddit thread and shared it in Pokemon Unite with all the names I've come up with these like Pokemon and Pokemon Unite and I actually got like, this is most popular Reddit posts like ever. It's gotten so many <laughs> likes and everything. It's awesome. Yeah, I was making fun of the news on Twitter and I got a bunch of likes on my little meme. So there's that. <laughs> that, that is good. That is good. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, since I haven't really been doing anything but playing Pokemon and streaming it, what, what have you been up to? Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> You've been streaming Dream Daddies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, a friend on stream, uh, not on stream, on Steam, got me Dream Daddies. And so I put a Twitter poll out with a list of four games to see, you know, what people said I should play. And now, to be fair, Islands got more votes than I expected, like way more votes. But in the end, Dream Daddy's won out. So, but what's great is that I can have chat help me make decisions. So it's less awkward. Oh, there you go. But it's me. So it's still awkward. But um, uh, the the daddy we end up creating looks like Daniel Radcliffe on accident. <laughs> <laughs> so his name is Daniel Dadcliffe, courtesy of Burkhart. Oh, there you go. That works. His, his real name is Ben Riker because Kara was there. It was like a William, William Riker with yeah, um, of course. Benjamin's something other Jerry was saying. The, the singer for Death Cat for Cutie. And and so we put Ben Riker together and then Burkhart comes in with a you know Daddy Dadcliffe. So that's really his name now. That's his nickname. Daddy, Daddy yeah, Dadcliffe. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, there's some awkwardness and some funny times and burnt bacon bacon and an awkward hookup and it's it's been an adventure let's just say and that was only one stream <laughs> we'll just leave it at that <laughs> okay all right well that okay. sounds fantastic that's a that's a thing i did not know what to expect with that because i've never played it or seen anything so that was that was a thing other than that though <laughs> uh my raid team yeah we're just we're moving on for now uh, my raid team is going to get really awkward really fast. My raid team, uh, we got Savannah's down to 66% on our best pool yet. So, and we're getting there. We're getting there. Like her health is what, 50, 55% is when 50. she fight ends? 50. 50. So we're, that was the closest we got to so far. So we just, we need a couple more DPS so we can three heal it, I think. And then we're going to be hopefully sitting pretty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We're getting there. We're getting there. Fingers crossed. You got it. It's crazy. Right? Like we're all we're all hoping we get it done and then we could take a little bit a little bit of time off and do some nice low key, you know, <laughs> achievement runs or go play other games and relax and take it easy and not do read anymore. So yeah, I'll admit, it's been nice. It's the, the break has been nice. You, you deserve it. Yeah. Go, go get your AOT. I think I think we're all ready for it. Yeah, we're we're all ready for it. But other than that, I've been Playing Metroid Dread, 
and I'm just about to the last boss, so I can beat the game. The big it's brain awesome, in the vat. I love that. Is it? Is mm-hmm. it still? Is it, is it still a big brain in the vat? Is it is the last boss? Is it, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen the last yeah, boss yeah, yeah. yet. I mean, that's what it was in the original Metroid, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah I remember that. So, ah, Metroid. I love it. So, uh, yeah. Also, we have a lot of snow. We're either gonna get seven inches or a foot. We don't know because it's Colorado. That's how Colorado is. <laughs> well, that's not too bad. That's all in the news that somewhere in the country they were going to get anywhere between one and 71 inches of snow. And yeah. it's like, thanks. That over man. the east, the east, I think Ohio too, like they're all getting hit really hard. It's like, thanks for the forecast. Appreciate it. <laughs> right. It's a big difference. <laughs> like at least we're not that extreme. But Colorado's really good at that, where it's like, we're going to get 10 inches of stone in snow, and it's just a it's just a testing. Mm-hmm. But this one's actually supposed to be pretty bad, so I might not have work tomorrow. Maybe. We'll see. Fingers crossed. It'd be lovely. It'd be, be really good timing. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well. Hey, what are... Before we, we, we move should, on, we've we got on. a couple, couple oh, little things. On. A couple little things we got to mention. Okay, fine. Yeah. Fine. Okay. A couple little things. All right, so this just in. The Leafs have beat the Devils 7-1. to one. Look at that. Bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I want to say it, but my phone needs to remind me. <laughs> the Leafs. The Leafs won. So I like to think I'm, that my... I'm so happy. How are the Avalanche doing tonight? I don't know. I just like to think that my phone is actually the Leafs fan, and it's like, they're just like, come on, man. Your, phone, your phone's cheering for the Leafs. You know, Stone would be really happy. It's fine. Yeah, there you go, Stone. Go Leafs. But anyway... <laughs> The real news, the real news that I need to bring up is, hey, we were on a podcast and it was really good. So you should go listen to the the January episode 319 of Realm Maintenance, where uh, Ease did his very first interview. And it was, it was with us. Yeah. Yeah, that was we got to we got to help him break that ice a bit and get his first one over and done with. And did, he did a great job. and We had a lot of fun. I agree. Good job, Ease. Yeah, it was, it was, it was great. Great chat. I enjoyed it. Me too. Mm. Oh, oh. And look at this, the timing. It actually lined up this time. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> so we can say, hey, this Saturday, everybody, this Saturday at 3 p.m. Pacific, we're going to be playing some more D&D. I got some maps to build. I got some traps to, I mean, some things. What are the maps? And <laughs> I have some axes to sharpen. And uh-huh. I got some some bosses to create and some fun thing. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> And then they're going to talk their way out of it. That's what they're going <laughs> to Or drink. One of the two. That's fine. Well, one of the two. I mean, it's all it's all related. It's all related. Something's going to happen. So, yeah, be there. Come check out the D&D. It's going to be fantastic. I'm super looking forward to this one because things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. Yep. I mean, things always happen, but I'd say it's exciting things will happen. Yeah. It's going to be active. It's going to be an active session. Yeah, I, I like to think so. I like to think so. All right. See, see, the, in the notes here, I almost literally skipped over what we were drinking, but I guess we can talk about what we're drinking now. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I'm like, you put, I, I, I mean, I have, you're just jumping the gun. You're just this really is, excited, excited to talk about things, and I this love it. Excited. It's good. No, I love it. I love it. It's good. It's D&D, fighting with the legends of yore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, taking the drink there. We're drinking some strawberry daiquiris. I should have added more rum. You didn't add enough rum? Well, I made a double batch. And they're they're very delicious. They're very good. Super good. But there's not, not a lot of rum. 
It was like. Did error. you not increase the amount of rum for a double patch? Well, obviously I increased it. I added three fourths a cup. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, six ounces. Six ounces of um, of um, rum. It's not enough. Not enough. But I mean, it's super good. Super super good. I'm a fan. But one of my faves. But if I am going to be completely hundred percent honest, this is very do good. it. Do it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Very good. I like the pina colada better. <laughs> Fair. Fair. But this is really good. I like both. I like both. They're both really good. I've always been a big fan of strawberry daiquiris myself, so I do like this one a little more, but that was, in fact, the best pina colada I've ever had. So it's all good. It was the best pina colada I ever had, too, because the first one yeah. I made with pina colada, like, pre-mixed stuff. It's <laughs> no good. It's no good. That was very good. I was like... No. No. This kind of tastes like a tropical sadness. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's some song somewhere. Tropical sadness. I don't know. Some like it's time to go home. Or cover band. I don't know. Beach Boys cover band. <laughs> <laughs> tropical sadness. Tropical sadness. They sing about Kokomo, but how bad of a time they had. <laughs> That'd be the worst song. Mm-hmm. Baby, why don't we go home instead of <laughs> baby? Why don't we go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but strawberry dagger is yeah. good i mean yeah so i'm gonna rate this nice blended drink this beautiful thing that i created yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say it's uh uh yeah i'm gonna go ahead and steal uh berserkers freaking uh rating scale because i laughed so hard <laughs> it was fantastic I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this uh eight out of ten uh bare-chested uh jailer nipples <laughs> <laughs> Both the nipples or just the left one? I mean, it, or the even, right? I guess this is his right. That's even, usually it's an even number. So obviously, yeah, he's, fair. He's, you know, multiply by four is eight. There you go. So you got, you got <laughs> eight f- nipples. Four out of five jailers. <laughs> four, eight out of ten jailer nipples. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep. Hey, hey, you should, you get to do Patreon. Oh, I get to do Patreon. Oh, okay. What's well, up, everybody? Do you like talking about Jailer's nipples and supporting shows that talk about your <laughs> hobbies and interests that you're also into? Like that? <laughs> you find yourself talking back to the host out loud while listening and you're like, ew, nipples. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. Stop making fun of them. They're beautiful. He's got such beautiful pecs. <laughs> Stop shaming him. He works out. <laughs> Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, stay tuned until the end of the show to find out how you can keep this show and our ridiculousness going. Yeah, I reached for my drink, and I was about to already take a drink. I'm like, wait, no. You're like, hold it. Jen's going to make me spit it out everywhere. I need to not. Hold it. I would like to not have strawberry gunk all over my monitor. Right, right. That's not what I want. I do not want to look like I got slimed or red slimed, like in the Ghostbusters 2. (laughs) <laughs> right. That was more pink, though. So, whatever. Anyway, yeah, it was kind of kind of pinkish, pinky. but that's fine. fine. Made you angry, though, for Vigo. Yeah. <laughs> for whatever that guy's name was. It's true. That's a dumb it's movie. <laughs> I liked it back in the day. So did I. I loved it back in the day. It doesn't hold up. Now you, now you watch it for the cheesiness. Yep. Yeah, that's great. And to make fun of it. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. See, the first one's still great. The second one, you're like, there's so much cheese, it's fantastic. <laughs> right? Exactly. 
I still need to see the new, the latest one, the Afterlives. I'm not. I'm. Yeah, I need to. I need to watch that one. Heard it was good. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You check it out. All right. Well, I guess we can talk about some ABK stuff, and micro Microsoft yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's actually there's actually no new Microsoft news. Although it just got announced today that. So. As we know, for this deal to go through, the DOJ was going to investigate, make sure everything's kosher, blah, blah, blah. It's actually going to be the FTC investigating this one. Now, from what I read really quickly right before we started recording, they they both sometimes investigate things. Like, it's they do the same types, types of investigations, supposedly. But the FTC is known to be a little more aggressive. So... I'm guessing more of a fine-tooth comb kind of investigation with the FTC? Is what I'm kind of guessing. I don't know these things. That's just my thought as to what aggressive means. Um, so that's the thing. But that's all we have for Microsoft. Um, and it's probably going to be a possibly a bit before we actually get more than that. We do have something from the Raven Studio, which we, we do need to touch on because, you know, as we talk about often, we don't want to sweep these things under the rug. And with all the excitement over, you know, cross faction news and whatnot, a new new game. It's easier for this to get swept under the rug. So, much to no one's surprise, ABK is working hard to break up unions. Yeah. So, the Raven Studio QA team quit their strike after they formed the Game Workers Alliance to try and unionize th- through the Communication Workers of America, or CWA, which I believe we talked about before. ABK will not recognize this union, as they, they have come out to say that. So, the Game Workers Alliance filed a petition with the National Labor Relations Board to hold a formal vote for legal recognition. The same day that union plan was announced, Raven announced the restructuring of the QA team. Instead of them all being together in a group, the QA employees are going to be breaking up to join the teams that they're QAing for. You know, for example, mechanics, interface, you know, stuff. Some reports say that that restructuring was already being planned. It just happened to be the timing some reports say they did that in order to break up the QA to stop the union effort, but that really wouldn't stop it because they're all going to talk to each other still. They've been striking together. They've formed friendships. They go out for drinks. They have said as much like that's not going to stop them. So I'm not entirely sure what to believe with all that, but the timing of it does feel more like they're trying to keep them from talking and, you know, keep them from pushing the union through. Then on Monday, this past Monday, yesterday, the VP of QA at Activision posted, so, you know, covers kind of all the QAs of Activision, I believe, posted some things in the company's Slack channel that were very anti-union. And it was, of course, in a channel that had uh, no ability for comments. So that was the thing, too. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's, it is a whole thing. However, the worst section, in my opinion, says... Job security here at ABK rests with our ability to produce epic entertainment for our fans. A union doesn't do anything to help us produce world-class games, and the bargaining process is not typically quick, often reduces flexibility, and can be adversarial and lead to negative publicity. I'm going to stop right there for a second. So not the crap you're doing is going to lead to negative publicity, but having union is going to be what leads to negative publicity. What? Well, in their mind they like to think that um churning out epic products as fast as possible and as quickly and seamlessly means it's less money that they have to pay the workers to build these things right without actually 
you know, having something, some revenue coming in, right? So that's where things like crunch come in and horrible practices right. like that. Yes, yes. Where it's the quote unquote mandatory overtime and crunch is a, is a thing where it gets down to where they're working as much as, you know, like 16 to 20, almost like damn near 20 hours a day and getting very, very little sleep. So, of course, a union doesn't help in churning out um, these epic experiences because they're going to protect the uh, the rights of the workers. Because I don't know if you know your, like, go way back history. It's unions that actually is why we have a 40-hour work week and, you know, things like that. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah no. Uh, if it were up to just the bosses... I mean, we would just keep working. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but, you know, they're not causing the negative publicity. It's all it's all the union. It's it's all the union. And it goes on to say all this could hurt our ability to continue creating great, great, great games. While many union contracts include a just cause provision and a grievance process. This is really just a different way to deal with disciplinary issues. Even union contracts with just cause and grievance procedures still allow companies to enforce disciplinary rules. And the CWA members are disciplined and terminated, even with these so-called protections. It also talks a lot about telling employees... Oh, different voice. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Different parts of the thing. I was still going on with my voice. Different parts of the um, this post that was made in Slack talked a lot about telling employees to talk to HR directly and do their research and look things up, blah, blah, blah. But like this one little line here is just like even union contract people can be disciplined. It doesn't protect them. Like, yeah, uh, it's of course it doesn't protect them. Uh, you actually, they're not trying to be go go ahead. Oh, I was going to say a perfect example that you can look at is the reason why, um, Activision Blizzard completely closed down the Versailles office in France. Well, if you don't know anything about France, they have very strict, uh, you know, worker protection laws in France. Right. So you can't just close, you can't just fire people because of, you know, you're like, oh, it's, it saves us money. It, it saves us money. It's like, uh, yeah, but you're going to be putting these people out on a job. You actually need a, a reason. And they closed the whole branch. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we don't need yeah. them anymore. So they basically proved that the the entire thing is completely been made redundant and they let them all go and that's how they got around that so yeah unions don't completely protect people you can't close entire branches still. which is true which is true just the wording on this it almost makes me feel like they're trying to word it as though the perpetrators of these you know sexual harassment and whatnot are trying to protect themselves with the union and they're trying to say we can still discipline them it's not those kind of people who are looking for the union. No. Like, unless your disciplinary rules are regarding the amount of crunch time hours and things like that. But it's just, it's, this whole thing is disgusting and horrible and it's union busting and frustrating. And it is. And of course it was, yeah, it, I, hmm. like it just, it sounds like a bunch of whining. It says, Ooh, it'll slow down the process and our ability to make games and make us look bad. <laughs> Don't do it. This was what it, that's what it sounds like. Stupid. To me, you know what it actually sounds like? I'll tell you what it sounds like. Why are okay. the peasants complaining? Like? Hmm? <laughs> they should go back to work and um, be happy with what they have. That's what right. it sounds like to me. So, yeah. 
They're like, uh, you know, don't you know that this is America? Yeah. You have the freedom to work, and we, you have a job because of the, you know, I'm a job creator. Like, I'm like the upper echelon of the society, so you should just be happy that you have a job. That's what it sounds like to me. Right. You know, and we said early on with all the ABK stuff back when it came out over the summer that the only way ABK is going to get through this with minimal damage is to speak with their actions. They took a long time to respond to anything or take any actions themselves. And that's without unions being involved. And now they're sitting sitting here saying, oh, the unions are going to slow everything down. Don't, don't, don't use them. When they took their sweet ass time to do anything useful themselves. So well, I mean, what it's now? The same thing as Bobby Kotek going like, well, you know, the stock prices went down because we had to tell them that Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 were delayed. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, I let's mean, that check, might be a small part of let's it. Let's check the calendar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, D-H-E-F-O-K filed lawsuit. And, oh, there it went. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bye. <laughs> yeah. Like, it may have rebounded a little bit, but not... Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah. And the biggest so, rebound was uh, Microsoft has said that they want to purchase them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. It just, and it just still bothers me. Their, their reason for... Well, one of their justifications as to why employees shouldn't be unionizing is that they can talk to HR themselves and things will go quickly and easily and great for everyone. But we've heard so many stories of that not being the case of HR not being helpful to the employee. Yeah, not only because they're not only is HR not helping, the employer. Not only is that HR not helping, you also run into a big problem of if you don't know what you're supposed to be making. Like there was a big kerfuffle, big kerfuffle on uh, on Twitter uh, just the other day of an HR recruiter saying that I just offered someone a job for eighty five thousand when the company. And the company had a budget of 135000 for that position. The reason I offered them 85000 was because that's what they asked for, and that's what we gave them. And you went on to Twitter to brag about the fact that you're doing that. And basically, they turned it around as almost like this weird teaching moment where they're like, you need to do your research. It's like, there's, there's not a really an easy way to know exactly what you're worth because we have this weird stigma where no one talks about how much you're supposed to be making in that market. So it's one of those reasons yeah, where you're like, I need yeah. to talk to HR because I need to raise. What, what do we? What do you ask for? How do you know? How are you supposed to know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's it, and exactly like there's so many times that the companies companies have, you know actually said in the past like oh you know don't talk about your your pay rate your your pay rate of pay like movement like but that's part of what's caused. Well, that's not that's that's a partial reason, small partial reason why a lot of this is happening. But yeah, yeah. it's just small reason. Small, small, small. Um, last thing I want to point out is the CWA, you know, the union they, they went through and stuff, is calling for the SEC to investigate, sorry, SEC, to investigate the Activision Blizzard filings about sexual harassment and labor organizing, calling these filings inaccurate and misleading, which doesn't surprise me that there would be misleading about these things. Um, but that's that's about all I have. Do you have thoughts and anything you want to add to all these things? No, I already added my thoughts. I think it's a bunch of, you know, higher-ups are being higher-ups, and I'm very happy that, you know, the the workers are demanding that they uh, be recognized as a union because they deserve it. Yep. 
Absolutely. Well, with that done, I suppose let's, we yeah, can let's, do, let's do it. Let's do yes. it. Yes. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? We're talking about a lot of things. I was going to say, Here's I have no idea. I read these notes yet. <laughs> yeah, I finished these late, very, very late last night while he was actually streaming. So, um, and talking about heavy balls. So, <laughs> there's, it was just, very heavy. I'm like typing out notes and typing out notes. And all of a sudden he's talking about heavy balls and just, anyways. So, <laughs> long lasting lulls in story can get a little bit weird for lower podcasting shows and kind of struggle for topics sometimes. I was secretly hoping for a big data mining drop or at least a date for 9.2 or something. We, 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 we didn't get that. Granted, I'm kind of excited about this new game I'm talking about, but we didn't get anything 9.2. That would be relevant to the show. So I had a few ideas I wanted to touch on, but none of them are a big main topic thing. Just a bunch of smaller ones. So this is going to be a little bit of a hodgepodge episode and there's probably going to be some spoilers so uh you've been warned i don't, I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing all you gotta do is say earmuffs to him earmuffs all right so first off on this hodgepodge tour i present to you loot because we all like loot and this is just it's a little thing it's just it's the smallest thing but for some reason it got me really excited from a priest perspective and a lore perspective because sometimes you have to look at the loot and what drops and whatnot. So to add to our discussion about Anduin, in the raid, he is going to drop two rings. Now, one of them is for priests. It's called, for, it's called the Soul Warped Seal of Rin. The equip bonus is your spells have a chance to grant hope, which increases your damage and healing. And the flavor text is, I now believe as you do that peace is the noblest aspiration. And that's a line from his dad, you know, Varian, during the Legion cinematic. Okay, okay, well, you know, the trailer for it. And the other is for DKs, and that's called the Soul Warped Seal of Menethil. The equip bonus says, your damaging spells have a chance to inflict despair upon your enemies, increasing the effect of your diseases, blah, blah, blah. The flavor text is, no king rules forever, my son. And as we know, that's from Arthas's dad, Menterinus Menethil. So here's... Here's my thought process with this when I got all excited. Now, is this just neat loot with good themes? Is it a glimpse at Anduin, the priest that is currently struggling with uh, struggling after being dominated? Or could this be a glimpse at a future Anduin that may come out of this as a DK? Also, could this be a small confirmation that the sliver of soul that got jammed into Kingsmorn actually did belong to Arthas? So many things. Tell me your thoughts. Uh, I'm going to go with the latter option. Of, so Confirmation. We got the Soul Warp Seal of Rin. It's granting you hope as a priest, right? So you get the hope. Yeah. Right? Because that's one of the things during the fight. You know, we're in spoiler section, I can tell you. Uh, yeah. You got to go in, into the fight. You got to go and, like, beat the crap out of them to give them hope. So that's what you're doing. You're like, get the hope. Come on. Bring, I'll give you hope. <laughs> so so there you go. That's where you, how you're able to grant hope is you. Uh, it's, you know, the beatings will continue until the hope improves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's, that's how that works. All right, and then the DK, the DK, this is just Arthas. This is Arthas, obviously, we get because no king rules forever, my son. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, this is absolutely Arthas. It's in the, the sliver. And I hope there's a... Yeah. Which, oh, 
little teeny bit, teeny bit, small smidges, smidges, smidges. There are three encrypted cinematics, so maybe one of them's in here, and Arthas will make an appearance. So, so. that's yeah. I th- I really I think that's a strong possibility, and we've already kind of pieced together that it is probably Arthas and the sword. Yeah, but now I mean, looking at this. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, this is good now. There's a there's a thought. Yeah, that sword is gonna stay like that. I mean, can you just like unfrost morning it or morn blade it? Is this just gonna you gonna carry Arthas around with him for the rest of the time? Is it is it gonna be Arthas whispers like Zalateth whispers? If so, my priest can go take the bench because I will make my DK for that. Well, I mean, maybe it's not in a ring. What? But I mean, cool if it's in the ring because you know what I mean. How it's like, you know, what's what's that? Blah, blah, blah. Shalimorn. For, you know, the, the, the shallow, bigger lap, you know, the, the Shal- Shalimane. Shalimane, there you go. And then we took Shalimore, and then I'm like, no. And we all, we all called it Shalimore, and then Blizzard's like, no, but guys, it's, it's King Kings Mark. Chill out. Right? But, you know. It's Shalimore. It's Shal- Shalimane. Got, got a little tweak, tweak. Became Kingsmorn, right? Is it going to keep that tweak? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Just a little bent at the, just a little bent at the tip kind of thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> is, is it going to stay that way? Is, is it is Andrew just gonna carry Arthas around in his pocket? <laughs> if he does, that's pretty cool. You never know. Then he'll be like, Art, what do you think? Hmm? <laughs> what you think, buddy? <laughs> and, and every day he's just gonna say to him, "Hey, Andrew, no king rules forever, my son." <laughs> my dad told that's, me that. That's the one line he's gonna say every day. That's it. Every day. Okay. Anduin's already going a little crazy with the shadow priest tendrils and whatever's going on with that. Let's not let's not break him further than all the crap he's gone through already. I mean, it would be just a nice little reminder. Because every day he's like, hey, buddy, no king rules forever. Mm-hmm. Every day, though? Oh, my gosh. Don't do that to poor Anduin. shut up? Hey, I'm just reminding you. It's like, he, he's telling him to seize the day. Carpe his diem, right? No king rules forever. Right? That's what Arthas is doing. That's not what he's doing. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> I mean, it could be what he's doing. Arthas, maybe he got reformed. This is the reformed Arthas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Took a little no. day spa journey to red no. and dress. And they're like, stop being mean. <laughs> and he's like, all right. All right, General Draven. I'm nice now. <laughs> put me in a sword. <laughs> I think this is how it happened. You think that? I think this is, see, this would be a great story. I should be on the writing team. You hear me, Blizz? Give me a call. It would be pretty funny. I, I kind of like I do. I I am I am at this point. I'm pretty sure it is Arthas in there, but it it does make me kind of hesitate and wonder once again how Anduin has changed from this experience and if he becomes some kind of Death Knight priest multi class or like Shadow Death Knight. Let's just call him a Shadow Knight. That sounds cool. Shadow Knight. Shadow Knight. Eh. Yeah, well, there's a new Shadow Knight class. Shadow Knight class in 10.0. Ten, in 10. Confirmed here on Live Left Floor. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to keep saying this until one of the things we say comes true. It's fine. <laughs> <You're in person>. <laughs> <laughs> Break news. Shadow Knight class 10.0. <laughs> well, because I really, they, they went to great lengths to show us the shadowiness coming out. And now it's all of a sudden, hey, he was dominated. And look, he drops his rings. That's for Death Knights. Like, it's just, 
things. We had a whole conversation. I'm not going to talk about it again. It just, I found this loop very interesting and I was really excited to talk about it. But obviously this will not fill up the whole episode. It won't. Oh, okay. No, because we're moving on now. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Because we have Ilkanoth whispers to talk about. <gasps> bah, bah, bah. Right. Well, let me go to that section of my little soundboard. Let me get, let me get them queued up. Okay, we're ready to go. Ready to go, everybody. Are we? Are we? I mean, we tested them before the show. I hope so. That's true. We are. We are. So, okay. Okay. I'm really excited about this. So, we're going to do a little check-in with our old friend Ilgi. You know, a little Ilganoth over there. We covered all those creepy whispers back in episode 12. To this day, still one of my personal favorite episodes of the show. My husband sent me a link to Reddit and it's a thread he found. And it came from encrypted. It was like X encrypted X person. Hi. Um, So it actually takes another look at some of these whispers from the perspective of 9.2 and knowing what we know now and that kind of thing. So I thought we'd just kind of review a couple of these really quick, starting with Elganoff Whisper 3. Or as I'm calling it, with three. Just, just play that one. Oh, okay. Do that. The king of diamonds has been made upon. Well, we know now that Argus was the red bolt that wrecked the Arbiter. Who was the one that heard Argus frantically calling out? It was Magni, our king of diamond. He heard the voice of Argus and it reminded him of Azeroth's voice, but it was different. Plus, he helped us get up to Argus for the fight, along with all the other things he did. Argus needed to die in order to break the Arbiter. Magni was used as a pawn to make sure that happened. Thoughts? My thoughts is, well, I hope in the next expansion we'll know why the freaking Void cares so much about what's happening in the Realm of Death. That's what I'd like. Which makes, I mean, I see how it could possibly be like something they want, how they're setting it up. Because it's like, okay, hey, remember how we were like talking about like, Jailer's big brain, galaxy brain, freaking plans. That's like, all right. All right, galaxy brain. Set that aside and say, okay, we got galaxy brain. You know whose galaxy brain is even bigger? The Void Lords. Because they're setting up Mr. Galaxy Brain to do his galaxy brain so the Void Lords could come in and galaxy brain all, all over us. That's what's happening. <laughs> just like that. I actually think you're right. I just really love how you phrased that. We So we do know that they did invade in Bastion. Mm-hmm. We go through like the interquest stuff, right? Like we, Shadow was there, and we, we know that happened. Voidiness, whatever. And as we talked about in episode twelve, one of the possibilities for her heart is a crater, and we have filled it. Is our little heart of Azra thingies? This is all corrupted with you know Azrite and blah 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 blah, right? And so we brought all of those into the Shadowlands, and so some people have made that point, you know, with another why as to why the void might be interested in shadowlands and what's going on there i don't know but apparently this is one of the new thoughts and i actually can kind of see it now mm-hmm. we don't know the whole story as to why but i think this is a thing and this is how magni has been made upon yeah i i, th- I think i think there's there's something there it's it seems to me that magni was made upon for one galaxy brain, the Void Lords, to help out this other Mr. Galaxy Brain, Zoval, to, to enact his plan. Because his plan, which will be enacted, which will then fail, because that's what the Void Lords want. They're like, like oh, do your thing, but like only get so far. Just just so far, because then the mortals are going to be like, no, stop it. Stop, stop. And, and then, okay, we'll, we'll do that. But then the Void Lords are going to be like, bah! 
bitch, we're here. Like, here we are. <laughs> well, and I could see in, because obviously if Zaval's plan succeeded or succeeds, it would result in extreme chaos. And I think that extreme chaos would be the window that the Void Lords want in yeah, order they'd be, to they'd be doing the- do Voidy stuff. Yeah, it'd be a little Void Lord rave up in here. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And not just old gods, Void Lords. Like, they just come to themselves like, we're here to wreck shop. What's up? <laughs> just like that. Just like that. Yep, yep, yep. So should I play it over? Anything else you want to say? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, do it. Nope. Six, do it. Nope. Okay, we're doing it. There it is. From the earth, he draws strength. Our earth. Our strength. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's dancing over there. Are you are you feeling the Elgi whispers? Or are you feeling the daiquiri? <laughs> Elgi whispers. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I love these whispers. So we now know from the jailer fight that he uses some kind of Azerite energy beam, something or other. There's also some kind of pool of Azerite there going on. He also apparently does damage to Azeroth during the fight. Is the he from this whisper actually talking about Zaval? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. That I think that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. Uh that's the one. Um mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think it's absolutely Zoval. Uh yeah, yeah, I do. I'm just gonna go with it. I just I just think <laughs> it's Zoval now. Yeah. Like it just it feels I mean, I granted like I haven't looked too detailed into the fight and I haven't seen it obviously, so and we we don't know voice lines, but I'm sure when that all comes out, I'm I'm pretty sure that's that's going to confirm this whisper because yeah, that's that's a thing. Yeah. Uh. So there is actually um another whisper. I don't know which one it is. I don't see you have it listed here. Maybe maybe I'm just missing it. Um. Yeah. I don't know. We'll get into it, but we we, we, we wrap up on the Ilganoth whispers. I got one more thing to add here that I was. I was gonna say you you can pull the show notes from episode twelve. We have it all listed there. That's true. It's true. I could do that. So I'm just like really excited about all these Ilganoth whispers and how we're like kind of starting to piece some of these things together. Uh, and there's one more. As we're, hey, as we're talking about loot, right, as we're talking about loot, because we were talking about loot. As we're just, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's all fun. Uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. And I'm just really excited because there's also some loot from the Jailer fight that I think is really awesome. So Yes, I, I didn't put that in here, but yes, by all means, talk about it. So I, I just wanted to bring bring it up here. Um, and, and this is actually the, according to the notes from episode 12, this, uh, this is the button that I'm supposed to press and hopefully it plays the right th- sounder. Her heart is a crater and we have filled it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what exactly is the crater? Her heart is a crater. Heart of Azeroth? Hmm. Which is interesting because there is this little, little piece of loot from the Jailer's fight called the World Killer Iris. It has some, yep. has some text, some little flavor text. It's like fun times, right? Fun times. A little, little flavor. You know, it's like going to Flavor Town, everybody. Okay. So... <laughs> If we talk about the heart, right, that is a living symbol of hope born by the champions of a dying planet. The fate of Azeroth will be shared by all her children. Okay. That was the 
Flavortown text of the Heart of Azeroth. <laughs> Flavortown text. That's its official name now, everyone. Flavortown text. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go all, we'll pay a little visit to the world killer Iris Flavortown text, which is <laughs> a living symbol of despair born by the nemesis of a doomed eternity. The fate of Azeroth will be shared by all her children. So, hmm. so her heart is a crater. We have filled it. What is going on there? Like, are we saying that um, the the void has filled it? Are we saying that somehow, if we remember back in BFA, there was a, there's a, like a breach at one point. Some of the void attacked, and even even Mr. Right. Raw Den got all like you know sucked up in. Yeah, it and became a boss later. So, so that was the thing where it's like some void got in there. So maybe what they're saying is, and if you, this is actually a pretty interesting Bellular video if you want to watch it. Uh, he's saying that, okay, so we got some void up in us, maybe. Maybe there's a little bit of void in the heart of Azeroth. There's a possibility that we might be leaving some void behind Zareth Mortis. So, because we apparently already did that in the, uh, in the, um, oh, what is that? The Emerald Nightmare Raid. You know, when you go into right. the little cave, all you shadow yeah. priests, a little bit of uh-huh. void up in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, I mean, <laughs> if we got some void up in the heart of Azeroth and we're supposedly still carrying that thing around with us, because I believe technically in, in canon, that's the story. Who knows? Maybe we'll be um, infecting one of the, you know, realms of where creation comes from in Xerath Mortis. And the void will have its way because as we get into some of these other ones, the last one on the list, oh, it's the second to last one on the list. Maybe that's how they got in. So... That could be. That could be. Because, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, uh, go way back in the lore. I mean, the way that the free and uh, the way that the old gods got into uh, the Emerald Dream to create the Emerald Nightmare in the first place was uh, Yog saran got uh, some world tree all up in his business. Yeah. And he's yep. like, oh, hey, I'll use this. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Yeah. So, hmm. So yeah, I'm like I'm super here, curious about what's going on with the number one, the world killer Iris, and what that may what that may mean with all this, and what the Im, all that implies with all the from the Ilgi whispers. Because yeah, okay. yeah, for sure, that's interesting. It's getting nuts. Especially up the, here. The, the, looking at the Flavortown text of both of those side by side, like I hadn't actually done that yet. That's that's real interesting. It's real interesting, and that was obviously it had to have been done very purposeful so oh, yeah for sure very very curious about all that well let me go to the next next one. All right. yeah all right well here's more flavor town at the hour of her third death she ushers in our coming so when we first talked about this we talked about maybe it's azroth we also talked about maybe it's Vanus, maybe it's Illyria, blah 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 if we look at it, the viewpoint of it being Azeroth as a subject here, we did talk about her having three deaths, the Sundering and Cataclysm. And now we have whatever Zoval wants to do to Azeroth. Because again, he does actually damage her during the fight. So could this whisper have been about Azeroth all along? Possible. It's very possible. <laughs> the only thing is, though, I... I don't know. The only reason why I'm, I'm a little skeptical that this is Azeroth is because can you really say that the planet died? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It got messed up real well, bad. Like, not, not literally, more like figuratively. Like, did it die with the Sundering? No. Did it die with the Cataclysm? No. Just 
Figuratively. It did a die when Zoval went, or not Zoval, but when Sargeras was like, and stabby stab. Right. No, right. Um, what what did you say? What was the item called again? Was it World Killer Iris? It was the World Killer Iris. Third death. What's up? We <laughs> still got to find one and two in the beginning. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there's some there's some serious stuff that, that happened. So it, it could be, it could be, could be a thing. Could be, could be. Could I, don't, be. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like oh she died, but we brought her back. Oh she died, but we brought her back. Well, yeah, it could be. It. I don't know. Could be. Depends on could how. Be technical literally you want to get with these things and uh i think with ogonath whispers you can't get super literal <laughs> i think That's a lot of it's figurative true <laughs> it's so so true so true oh yeah all right let's play another one no oh, okay we got one more two more yeah five keys to open our way five torches to light our path so this reddit user points out that the jailer needed five sigils to open the portal to sepulcher uh-huh. and then the player helped five more be constructed and through that we have two sets of five five keys to open our way five torches to light our path uh-huh uh-huh mm-hmm. and, and, then, and then and then and then and then and then if you're thinking about it you're like well how did we what did we open their path to okay to Zareth Mortis possibly and then if yep. you go back to the heart that's a crater that was filled Maybe we some void goodness. I don't know. And then honestly, if you want to get into the canon of it, I'm sure there's a bunch of wackadoos that still got their eyeballs on their forehead. Who knows? I might be talking to one. I do. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you can only see it when I go to BFA zones, but it's there. Thank you. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm still waiting to, for, I'm still waiting for that to be a big cash out some, at some point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, I just have the toy, so that might still count. <laughs> it's like the toy car versus having the real car it's, it's that kind of concept okay yeah i have the real awesome like sleek race car and i go really really fast and you have the toy car you have an eyeball on your forehead that's what you have it's, yeah but it's a thing it might be a thing <laughs> I'm holding out hope that's a thing because why the hell did I mess up my transmog for so long for diddly squat? Because you were supposed to complete the quest. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's going to be a payout. I'm uh, holding out hope. Uh, don't hold your breath. Anduin told me to hope, so I'm hoping. <laughs> You're hoping for Void Lord creepiness because you kept an eyeball. Okay. Let's, if it happens, it happens. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting rid of it. Okay. Am I still going to use an alt to get that toy? Yes. Have I done that yet? No. <laughs> but for now, I have the real deal. <laughs> and I'm not getting rid of it yet. <laughs> Anyways, back to Ilgi Whispers. So, similar concept with the sigils and stuff. Let's play the, the next Ilgi Whisper. Five lanterns now darkened. The flame they seek will light the master's way. Hmm. I'm not so sure about that one, but that's another one. Like, could we stretch the whole concept of the five being five sigils? And once they were used to open the sepulcher, like that's going to light the master's way. But then the whole seeking thing kind of throws that off. So I'm not sure, but I thought it was still worth bringing it up and seeing your thoughts. See, I don't know. 
I don't know if this is a related. I don't know if it's a thing. Um, it may also be like, for all we freaking know, it could be five cosmic forces that have now been darkened because of wackadooness and the void's going to be like, whoa, void time. <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily know where this one's getting at. It very easily could be the sigils have been spent and they did their thing. And now there's, yeah. I don't know. Could be the five sigils. Absolutely could be. But, um, but then there, that we have new ones now, so I'm not, not. I'm not sure. But when we first went over this, like the sigils weren't weren't a thing. So I thought I just thought it was worth kind of touching on that real quick. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm not really sure if that one is 100 percent related. But yeah, I mean, it could be. It could be the sigils. I don't know. Every, I mean, that's the thing that always whack gets me with these kind of things when they're talking about. You know, lights the master, and you have to consider the source of it being Ilganoth, not the jailer. Yeah, who right. is the master, right? Yeah, because I don't think Ilganoth is going to be like, light the master's way. They're talking about the jailer. Why would they be talking about the jailer? Yeah, they wouldn't be. No. That's that's part of it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's like, oh, oh it opened the way for the jailer because the lanterns, the dark, and the jailer. It's like, no, 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 that's not the master. No, no, that's, that's not the master. So, um, I mean, it's like, I mean, it also talks about the Dreadlords in that other one where it's like talking about, you know, you know, it serves six masters, but meals, you know, you get the idea. That one. Yeah. 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 But that one doesn't say the master. That one says, you know, it just gives you that hint that, hey, the Dreadlords, they do their little thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where I'm, t- I'm at with this. Yeah. I love these Ogonoth whispers. They're great. Me too. And it's interesting because I. I'm getting tired of all these long games that Blizzard is playing and all this, you know, we've wondered for so long, what is Zavala up to? What is, we've wondered even longer what Savannah's is up to. There's still so many loose threads out there because they're playing the long game with so many stories. It's getting old. It's getting annoying. We want answers. At the same time, it's kind of fun to just over time discover these Ilgi whispers and what their meanings are and to kind of keep going back to that and put more puzzle pieces in there like that's kind of fun but it's also not the main story maybe that's why it's fun and not frustrating but I like them yeah the Ilganoth whispers are fun and just like Ilganoth said when you killed him in Nihilotha you will never be rid of me so yeah nope <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true so yeah we'll just keep bringing them up like like maybe Ogunoth was talking about this guy. <laughs> Could be. It's true. It's true. You never know. You never know. So it's what's for, All right. what's Farim up to? What's what's Farim doing? Oh uh, yes. Farim is the last stop in our hodgepodge tour of Ali's brain excitement. <laughs> That's a really weird phrase. That's why I write down show notes, everyone. So in Zareth Mortis, we get a chance to collect pages from our friend Farim's book. I'm not going to read it all. It's a lot. But there are some interesting things that I wanted to pull out of it myself, and I'm the one doing show notes, so I did it. We find out why Frim and his their their buddies stayed in Zareth Mortis instead of sending word back to the rest of the cartel about what they found. They were basically protecting the secrets of the first ones, saying outsiders would only disrupt the crucial... Pro- pro- Outsiders would only disrupt the crucial purposes of Zareth Mortis, mm-hmm. which I just I found that interesting. So, you know, I was you know we were kind of wondering like you know wouldn't he you know send word back to his peeps and like no no because they actually 
rose to a higher cause. And I just think that's really neat. It is really so neat, yeah. but it's like, what do they like? Where do they say it's like outsiders will mess with stuff? Aren't you an outsider? Hmm. Well, it's, but it's an outsider that understands like, the cause and what Zareth Mortis's purpose is. Yeah, I mean, I get that. See if you. If yeah, but you're right. I mean, they were originally, originally an outsider. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So it's, it, it it could go either way. You know, the uh, the enlightened, as they like to call themselves or whatever. You know, maybe maybe they really are onto something. Maybe Farim's onto something because they're not really getting along right now. So we'll see. We'll see. Right. So later on in the book, Farim goes on to explain, after all, this land is no museum, no library of obscurities. No, it is a workshop, a forge where afterlives are fashioned. And then blah, blah, blah. I saw the grand architecture of the progenitors put into practice. Afterlives assembled according to the needs of the arbiter's judgments. It was the Atoma who carried out these duties, forging flora, fauna, and terrain, encasing them in orbs to be sent out into the in-between, like seeds falling into fertile soil. Which I thought was really interesting, because when you first get to Zareth Mortis, you see these gold or ball thingamabobbies just kind of randomly flowing through the air. And I was like, what the hell's going on with those? That's what's going on with those. Encasing them is the flora and fauna and terrain that apparently the Arbiter needs to assemble the afterlives, except the Arbiter is currently broken. So that was really confused about that as to why the gold ball thingies are still going out there. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know. There's something infinite. And you have to just keep creating them to be infinite. You just gotta keep yeah, them, I guess. True. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. But I just it's really it's a really cool little thing about Xerath Mortis, which I thought was cool. And I just thought it was interesting too, that was assembled according to the needs of the arbiter's judgments. So at one point, you know, Zoval was the arbiter and it was Zoval's judgments. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, I thought that was and like no, no big deep thing to talk about with that in my mind. I just thought that was a neat little thing. I like to think about the Arbiter going like, mm, see, we could send this soul to the Maw, but Goldan is such a piece of crap. We need to create something even worse <laughs> for him. So there you go. That's, that's my, that's the way my mind I like works, this. Where this, it's this like, is good. I like that. I mean, if we got the infinite. If we want to make something infinitely awful for someone who is infinitely awful, this is what we're going to do. So, they made something worse than worse than the, even the Maw, and that's where they sent Goldan. That's why we haven't seen him yet. Mm-hmm. And that's and and that's actually in my in my mind. That's where there's the two Goldans just pointing at each other. Ah, see, there you go. Mm-hmm. They're off in their own no ropes. reality. Just two Goldans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. No ropes. Good. It's good. No ropes. But ropes are good. Anyways, everything about the Shadowlands, everything, is part of the pattern. A closed system in which nothing is lost. Even that which is seemingly destroyed is merely being reshaped for a new purpose. And I was all excited about that because our cold closed loop system conversation. Mm-hmm. Even for him's like, it's a closed system. And it's all repurposed and recycled. Reduce, reuse, and recycle, everyone. That's how it works in the Shadowlands. I think that's like one of the bosses, like the, the reclaimer or whatever, right? <laughs> Where they're like, yes, yes, it is. Like, I got the mental image of Dwight 
mm-hmm. when he used Recyclops. Recyclops will drown you in your overwatered lawn. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> in the raid, there is someone who reclaims like the as as I was saying in that episode, like the the clay bits and like reshaping it into balls and then reusing it. But yeah, mm-hmm. they're making it into big heavy <laughs> balls and then they're making it and turning it into infinite afterlives, and that's what's happening. It's all about the heavy balls. It's a closed system, and there's things, but it's like, okay, it's a closed system, and you're basically saying the universe is a closed system, because that's what you're basically saying, because, I mean, you're also talking about, oh, there's an anima drought, and we don't have enough anima, because the denatherius was stockpiling it, blah, 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 so we need to send more anima, so where's that anima coming from? Are you saying it's a completely closed system? That of the universe is a closed system? Or the Shadowlands is a closed system? So where, where's the clothes? Right? Where's the where where's the where's the cap? Right. Where's the stop? Because I I mean I get what you're saying that you know this the, the reclaimer and there was like a different word like ephemera I think is what I think it actually was yeah ephemera yeah yeah and they're like yeah they totally use that to make afterlives they don't use they don't use you know freaking anima they need ephemera for that we need we need anima plus anima plus <laughs> <laughs> so then you're like okay so that's that's how you make an afterlife with ephemera and they're like yeah, yeah, yeah that's how we do it. You're like, okay. So then it goes back to it. Like, okay, it's a closed system. And I think what, I think what Kareem, where it's like everything about the Shadowlands, everything uh, is part of a pattern. Yeah, it's part of a pattern. See, and and now I'm going to bring up a, a Prince of Egypt reference here. See, Kareem is the single thread of a tapestry who can't see the grand design. So he needs to look at his life through heaven's eyes because he, he can see that it's part of a pattern. We can't zoom out because he's stuck in the Shadowlands and he's like, he's like, oh, it's so amazing. And the fractals and the patterns and I see it all. You don't see it all because you've only seen it from the Shadowlands perspective. If you could zoom out, you would see, oh, right. it's, it's, it's closed pattern. But all, all six of the cosmic forces all coming together to form reality in the Shadowlands. All right. So there you go. They can't see his part in the pattern of the grand design because he's a broker. I mean, <laughs> it's not his fault. <laughs> True. True. He's not a first one. Just can't see no. it. No. But speaking of the first ones, I have questioned at times why the first ones knew there would be issues in the Shadowlands. And Freem actually points out, the first ones have parceled out their gifts, but gave no child all of them. No wonder those offspring bickered with such incessant jealousy. Their very nature was one of denial. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. I can kind of see that. So they're like saying, like, you didn't, you gave me chocolate, but you didn't give me my peanut butter. Is that what's going on? You didn't put the peanut yeah, butter guess. in my chocolate? Is that yeah. what like the light in the void are saying? It's like, Dad, you only gave me chocolate. I wanted peanut butter. And the void's like going, I only got peanut butter. I ain't got no chocolate. But when they come together, it's a big explosion. Is that what you're saying? I don't really, I don't know what's going this on. This is beautiful. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something like, it's one of those things, like, as a sibling, right, you, you know, for example, okay, my little sister, there's six and a half years between us, and I had to, instead of being a cool high schooler and getting a job and stuff, I had to stay home and take care of my little sister, and so I'd make things, like, for lunch, we'd have a box of mac and cheese and a Totino's, and you'd split them in half, but I had to make sure they were exactly equal, or little jerk face over there was going to whine that I had just a little bit more than her. And so it's like that. They're, they're siblings. They're arguing. You know, like, they they all want more. But the first one's like, no, we do it evenly. 
but they're all power hungry, so they want more and more and more, and so now they're all jealous of each other, and they're they're bickering like siblings. It's it's, it's a thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Should I always talk about peanut butter and my chocolate? I had to take a part of, a bite of my um my Reese's break break five or what this thing's called. What's this thing? Fast break. Yeah. Fast break. Yeah. I actually tried one of the outrageous for the first time today. It was delicious. The one with the little itty bitty Reese's pieces in there. Mm. It was pretty dang good. I was really happy with that. It kind of made my, I needed a little something, something on my lunch break. And that was just, it was perfect. Yeah. I could see. Now I get it. See, I just took a bite of this fast break and it's like, I can see why you'd be mad if you didn't have any peanut butter in your it. <laughs> and now you understand why the first ones did what they did and why they knew that there'd be issues. Okay. Next question. Next question for me. Okay. So the first ones set it up and they're like, okay, so they didn't give everything to everyone. Da, 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 da. Why? Hmm? Cause they thought they, they thought they, it should be equal across the board. Equal. And everyone should have, everyone should have their own strengths and weaknesses and that it was going to be okay. I don't, I don't know. I'm speaking on my butt right now. Maybe it's the whole concept, the deep seated concept of, you know, free will and blah, 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 blah. Like that's what I've been kind of talking up to so far. But this whole concept of, you know, the sibling bickering is interesting to me, too. It is interesting where it's like, OK, let's let's go back to your Totino's and mac and cheese out, um, <laughs> suggestion. here. It's like, OK, OK, you want to break it down even. You gave your sister Totino's and you took all the mac and cheese. Mm. No, see? that's not how we did it. We see, go have these on both. See, see, this is but that's what the first ones did. They're saying, right. They're like, right. you get the mac and cheese and you get the tortillas. You're like, but I wanted some mac and cheese. I like a little spice, a little variety in my life. And you're like, no, 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 you don't get that. So the void looked over at any of the other ones. And they're like, bitch, give me my tortillas. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they're so grumpy because they didn't get tortillas. And now we they see. And now we see. Frozen pizza. See Allie over here. <laughs> Only six and a half years older than her sister. It's not like it's not amazing. <laughs> but she was able to figure out where the first ones couldn't. And if you just split it nice and even of the two options. Or for example, maybe they were making a nice six course meal like they did. They didn't just split it evenly. They're like, no, you get all the light. You get all the void. You get all the life. You get all the death. You get all the order. You get all the, you get all the crazy. You get the dark chicken. You get the light chicken. You get the mashed potatoes. But you get the gravy over here. You can't mix them. They're mm-hmm. separate. It's an issue. Can you imagine sitting down at Thanksgiving and they just sat a gravy <laughs> boat in front of you and they're like, enjoy. <laughs> the mashed potato person over there is going like, do I get some butter with this? I'm like, hey, you can have the butter with it. How about gravy? Go X nope. yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm understanding the animosity and the, the anger, but I'm not understanding the first one's thought process. No, not at all. And this doesn't, I mean, this is just Froom thinking, right? Like, this may not be a legit canon thing, but it's just, it's just Froom's thoughts. And I thought it would just be an interesting little little, little thing to talk about. I mean, Froom's a good person to bring up because, I mean, if Froom was the first person to ever find them, you know, the entrance to Xerath Mortis, no one else could find it. And right? He's, he's apparently been there for eons because they're like, oh, yeah, we sent this guy. He went to go find the, the thing. And then the newser was like, time is not a contract death. I'm like, I don't know what you mean by eons then, jerk. Stop messing yeah. with my head. Ropes. So, uh, for, <laughs> um, moving on. Freem discusses the fractals once again, as he is one to do, or he, they are one to do. 
the pattern and the six horses, you know, that mysterious seventh one, you know, he's, he's talked about them all before. They, is Frame a boy or a girl? Do we know? Or just a they? I mean, as a broker. Have they, ha- I don't know. Have they ever gendered the brokers? I have no idea. Venari's a girl. I think they've actually gendered Venari. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I haven't paid attention. I think. <laughs> I'll be honest. I haven't. They haven't. I don't know. I'm, I'm, again, my memory's not the best. I apologize to everyone. So, anyways, moving on. Farim, they say that they realize that through interacting with the Oracle Otoma, that it was both that the fractals, right? The six forces and the mystery seventh, that it was both six and seven. The six were one and the seventh the other. Did they desire union? The song seemed to say otherwise. Both were, yet only one could be. Okay, I mean, that, and the song, that's making sense. The, the, really, really quick, for this, the song he's talking about here, they are talking about here, is the the musical language that we get to hear with the Toma before we decipher and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the six were one and the seventh the other. Sure, yeah, it's like the six were the cosmic forces and the seventh the other. Right. The culmination. Reality. Yeah, because originally Freem was thinking about the six forces like as if they were individual forces and then just some random seventh one. But now I think Freem starting to group them up in his head as being six forces as being one. Mm-hmm. As we've seen on the cosmology chart, if you will, and the seventh is the other. Yeah. Is the seventh, is the seventh Azeroth? Is the seventh the first ones? We don't know. Did they desire union? But the song would say otherwise. Both were, yet only one could be. In a weird sense, it feels like like if you were to use fun analogies, for example, you, what's really happening is you got you got to imagine if you if, let's let's go back to Thanksgiving, right? So you got some turkey over here, you got some stuffing over there, some gravy, some potatoes, cranberry sauce, whatever. Get six items, right? Set them all up, and they're like, okay, well that's turkey, that's stuffing, that's a rip. And the reality is when you smash them all together, that's Thanksgiving dinner, right? <laughs> so, and I think that's I think that's where he's getting is like the seventh is the other. Yeah. It's like, well, the seventh is the other, but it's really just a, a molding and a mishy-mashy of all the six together where you can separate them and they are separate. Because the further away from reality you get, they're their own separate entity. But when you smoosh it all together, you get Hazaroth. This is what I am... Pre- Trying to make sense of Freem over here. He's a little, he's a little nutty with the way he writes. <laughs> Freem is a little nutty. This is true. This is true. Anything else you want to add before I move on to this last one? No, no, I got nothing else. Okay. I think that's all I got there. I have to make this big. It is, it is fine print. So, pretty sure this comes out after we defeat the jailer when the story is done, if you will. This is the epilogue to Freem, the addendum. It's called ruminate ruminations upon the fragility of all things. I am actually going to read this one because it's a little interesting here. Though the jailer has been defeated and the Shadowlands made whole again, I find myself unable to celebrate these victories. For I have studied the inner workings of the sepulchre, seeing the powers with which the jailer sought to remake reality. And these observations fill me with a fear that shakes the very core of my being. It is clear to me now that there must be a Zareth for each force of the cosmos and within them an inner sanctum akin to the sepulchre. And if that is true, then these sanctums must be connected on some fundamental level, a connection that the sailor sought to exploit. What he began in the sepulchre was meant to cascade outward from one Zareth to the next 
until all were dominated by his power. The heart of the Shadowlands, acting as a doorway to the heart of each cosmic force, in turn, one after another, bound to his will. But if his schemes were thwart, if his schemes, if his scheme was thwarted, then why is my mind so ill at ease? Because I have seen how fragile the pattern is, how delicate the scales that keep the six forces in balance. And if the jailer, in his act of malevolence, left behind but the most imperceptible of cracks in that pattern, then I fear what is tiny now will only grow until the balance itself is prone to be shattered by another force applying relentless pressure. I pray that the first ones anticipate such an eventuality that they would leave measures in place to preserve their grand design. Unless, unless their design was never meant to endure. And that is the possibility that haunts me. Yeah, okay. I definitely agree with Fareem here. I think they're onto something. Just like the... Yes. Playing the Oracle, uh, you know, kind of musings, talking about, you know, Lumos, Tumult, um, all the other, you know, realms, effectively. Mortis. Lumen, Ordos, Rhythm, and Structure, Vitae, Umbra, Tumult, Improvisation, and Possibility. Yeah, and it would mean that there is a Xerath of, of each of those. And they are likely all connected, as we are all kind of seen in the cosmology chart. There's branches and connections between all of them. So that would lead me to believe that if there is the connections and if, you know, if this crazy uh, thought that was uh, brought to you by none other than uh, Bellular and uh, some other crazy uh, Ilganoth whispers of if the heart of Azeroth was a crater and they filled it, we're leaving Void behind. Maybe that's how they broke in and they're going to exploit the rest of the uh, cosmos the exact same way the jailer was and they're just gonna waltz right in and you know use all his uh hard work to to enact whatever plan he was doing but in the way that they see fit kind of similar yeah, to th- how th- ashara walked in and just picked up the you know, <laughs> right they're like right, right. yeah <laughs> they're like oh the tide stone thanks i'll take this bye <laughs> you're not using this right it's 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 fine i'm just you know, like i'll protect it don't worry i'll protect it <laughs> But I found because it was, I think we're starting to see the glimpses of how, whenever we get to the Cosmo, Cosmic Disco War, how it's going to work out. And I think it's in this little paragraph right here. And if the jailer in his act of malevolence left behind but the most imperceptible of cracks in that pattern, then I fear that is tiny now will only grow until the balance itself is prone to be shattered by another force applying relentless pressure, aka the void. Yeah, the old gods like they they've been pr- applying pressure all over the place for eons, and I think this might be how the disco war starts. Yeah, uh, and then another hint that everyone is pointing to is the uh, all of the faction races on the World of Warcraft website all got updated, and if you haven't seen it, Velen got updated too. Oh, I had not seen that yet. If you go to worldofwarcraft.com and you go to the races section and you look at Draenei, when you look at the leader, talk about the prophet Velen, right? It says, The immortal prophet Velen believes that a great war between the darkness and the light is fast approaching and that Azeroth 
will be its principal battleground. He stands bravely besides his allies to ensure Azeroth is ready when the time comes. So yeah, there's a lot of hints saying that it's the Void. Now, is the next expansion going to be Void related? No. No, is I don't think so. Is there going to be a lot more hints? Yes. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's very much like, hey, remember how Rathion was like, ah, Legion. Legion wasn't after Mr. Pandaria. Nope. It was, it was the one after that. So yeah, I think that's what they're, they're doing right here. I think that the whole Void plan is still being set up. And we're going to find out in probably 11.0 that man, the Void uh, totally, you know, invaded the, you know, the sepulcher of the first ones <laughs> by our presence there because, you know, we, we left some gunk behind or something <laughs> or however. I didn't know they updated that. That's all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I was just kind of tooling around to see if they updated any of the other ones enough to be like, oh, my God. They did. It's the same too. That's the only one that's like, what? That's the big one. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. And this whole concept of unless their design was never meant to endure. It does feel like sometimes it wasn't meant to endure because the first ones anticipated issues and put waystones where things would be needed and blah, 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 blah. Like it kind of makes me wonder if it was never meant to endure. But if that's a case, then what? I mean, there's been talk before of their first ones cycling. Like are, does their creation cycle with them? Maybe I don't I don't know. It just that that line was a little ominous, but it could be, you know, Freem being crazy kind of ominous. So, yeah, I mean, it is, it is wackadoo, especially if you think about where it's like, OK, so the first one set up this system where they have the six primal forces separate. And then when they come together, you get reality, right? The six is one and then the seventh is the other. Right. You got that. And then if you think about it, they're like, oh, the first ones they had to put in all these stop gaps. So these little things to, for things to help, because maybe at one point the mortals will come in. And it's like, OK, mortals, what are the mortals? Well, the mortals are the, you know, result of all the forces coming together to live in the mortals. Right? Kind of begs the question. So why didn't you just take all of the forces and distribute them evenly? You know, everyone gets a little piece of the pie. Hmm. Why did? Because obviously, as you look at reality and you had to set it up that it's the mortals that have to come in and save everything. Why didn't you just do that? What's with all the what's with all the angriness? What's with all the fighting? Hmm. Why'd you Why'd you do it that way? Right. Yeah. Just leads me to more questions. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Well, that's, I, that's all I got. You got you got anything else? No, I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of with Fareem. I'm just like, I, now I just got more questions. Like, okay, cool. So we found the one in, in the Shadowlands. What about the other five? Right. Scary business. Is that going to be future expansions, patches? Who knows? Probably yes. All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we get ready to wrap things up, would you like to thank our patrons? Yeah, sure. I can do that. Well, that's right. It is the part of the show where we have to say a quick thank you to all the patrons that support us and keep this wackiness going. So if you would like to join their ranks and support the show, you can do so by going over to patreon.com slash live, laugh, lore. And I just want to say a huge thank you to our brand new patron, uh, Kamari. So thank you. Huge, huge shout out to you. Thank you very much. And then obviously we got to say gigantic thank you to all those top patrons. All the ones that you're the, you're the, you're the true, you're the, you're the real MVP, right? The little, little meme. That's you, right? Pasta <laughs> Mat, Mud, 
Chris Malore, Dungeon Master Burke, and your chorus. Thank you all. Y'all awesome. Indeed. Yeah. Libby agrees. Libby had to say hi. She's like, she's like, I heard you talk about patrons. I want to say hi because she likes you guys. So there you go. She's like, thanks for giving me kibble. Appreciate it. <laughs> she's been quiet a whole episode and came out for this. Well, she did. That's it. She just wanted to say hi to the patrons. She's like, I don't care about your wacky ideas about the different realms and all that kind of stuff. Nope. I just want to say thanks to the patrons. That's it. It's true. <laughs> well, shall we move on to our positive note and wrap up the show? Yeah, we should. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. I want to talk a moment about the Betty White challenge. So as everyone knows, she unfortunately passed away shortly for her 100th birthday. And in celebration of what would have been her 100th birthday, people honored her by donations to their local animal shelters. And we have this great video for it. Now to the Betty White Challenge. Fans are honoring the television legend by raising money for something very close to her heart. Zareen Shah is in Los Angeles with the story. Good morning, Zareen. Hey, good morning, George. Betty White would have turned 100 years old in just a few days. And since her fans can celebrate with her, they want to celebrate in honor of her, giving her a big gift for the thing she loved the most. What was that? Rose brought a dog home from the supermarket. What, couldn't she just get stew meat like she usually does? This morning, Betty White fans urging donations to local animal shelters, paying tribute to the late actress's favorite cause on her 100th birthday. That's my life, really. I have to stay in show business to pay for my animal <laughs> business. But I, uh, I've, I've found them endlessly fascinating since I was born. The donation challenge picking up steam after social media users started the Betty White Challenge online. Images like this one going viral on several social media accounts stating, on Betty White's 100th birthday, January 17th, everyone should pick a local rescue or animal shelter in your area and donate just $5 in Betty White's name. Make her 100th birthday the movement she deserves. Animal advocates saying since her death Friday, they've already seen a spike in donations. We have seen such an uptick in donations, all due to Betty White. Betty White would be smiling from heaven as she thinks about the Betty White challenge on her birthday. Thank you for being a friend. For White, there were no better friends than her animals. Telling People Magazine her family once owned 26 dogs and explaining to George Stephanopoulos where her love for animals began. Everybody said, where, where did that start? I always say in the womb, because my mother and dad were the same way. A love passed down from her parents. And I'd like you to meet my friend here. This is Rip. That she handed down to fans through animal organizations she supported. Now fans picking up efforts where she left off. Five dollars will go a long way. And five dollars around our country with all of Betty's fans will do even more. Okay, so to give you an idea of just how much she loved her animals, I read in her book that she would judge her boyfriends by how they greeted her dogs. If it went well, they got a second date. That's quite some vetting, you could say, guys. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. We should have seen that one coming. <laughs> okay, Serene, thanks very much. Oh, man, that was awesome. I love me some Betty. Uh, that, that made me just, yeah, I mean... Oh, I'll be honest. I, I was just smiling the entire time just hearing Betty. I just, I couldn't, 
couldn't help but smile. And especially when they start playing some Golden Girls. Man, I freaking love that song. Right? <laughs> it just makes me so it's happy. so good. And she, I mean, she's right. So long story short, my sister's, one of her longest relationships was with someone who was absolutely horrible and in restraining orders, blah, blah, blah. My dog hated that man with a passion. He knows. Dogs know things. They know things. But as of the 21st, 12.7 million was raised because of this challenge. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. And I'm sure Betty would just be so happy to know that. And it's lovely. I feel like that's going to become a yearly thing because Betty White's just that amazing. And I love that she had so many, what 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 you say, 26, 26 dogs at one point? They had 26 dogs growing up. As the patrons recently learned, my plan was if I never like met my husband was I was going to get just an acre of land and have a ton of dogs. Like, I think I'm meant to be Betty White as I get older. (laughs) Like, I think that just that's the thing. It's just I love her. Yeah, it sounds sounds about right. I'm not one to blow my own vertuben flugen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Friggin Betty. She's awesome. She is just so sassy. Loved her sass. Well, I was also a big fan of B. Arthur's sass, too. I mean, I love, mm, that's true. I love that's Dorothy. True. <laughs> yeah. As, as she said, couldn't she just get some stew meat like she normally does? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Live, Laugh, Lore. If you have a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at lizlaughlorecast at gmail.com. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash livelaughlore, and you can keep the show going for as little as a dollar an episode. You can watch Allie live on Twitch Sunday nights over at twitch.tv slash and you can watch Jin Monday nights at twitch.tv slash joint. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jin on Twitter at Jin's Joint and you can follow Ali at Ali Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. As they say in St. Olaf, held a bargain for a You want to help us out here, Rose?